we had a weird setup watching this where I wanted to spend time with Isabel but needed to watch the film. So what we did in the end as a compromise was we sat on the sofa together and Isabel watched a crime drama on TV while I sat with headphones plugged into my laptop and on my head and oh. watched a low-quality Nicolas Cage. I don't think you've got your priorities in order. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. supposed to be spending this quarantine with Nick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly (laughs) how dare you try and share that time you bill drag you shut the law on me all the parties are leaving a man welcome back to Uncaged, the podcast where myself, Ben Pollard, and my good friend Daniel Fisher spend quality time with our good friend Nicholas Cage every single day. It's both quality and quantity. We spend quantity <laughs> time with our good friend <laughs> Nicholas Cage. We are currently at day eight, the start of the second week in this 100-day marathon endurance test. It's like one of those Iron Man marathons where no one's really enjoying it but you have this weird point to prove to no one in particular and by the time you get to the end you're so covered in sweat and your own substances that no one wants to look or interact with you i was gonna say there's no reward for this there's no big payoff other than being able to end this and say we've seen every nick cage film but you could you could do that in a far more enjoyable manner I looked up and saw a couple other people have done this over the space of a year and they were very impressed with themselves for managing that over a year. So I'm starting to think, what what have we got to gain here? What are we learning? But unfortunately, mate, now we're live, no one cares about the guys who said they were going to do it and never did. Cowards. I mean, there's a very good chance that no one will care about the guys who said they were going to do it and did. I feel like this is going to be one of those peak conversations that we're going to keep bringing up for the rest of our lives and everyone's going to go, oh God, they're talking about Uncaged again. Yeah. <laughs> but if you weren't there, you don't get to you don't get to shit on us. I've been speculating about life after the quarantine and people have suddenly all this extra time on their hands and you're going to be hanging out with people in months to come and they're going to have learned a new language or a new skill or done something really worthwhile. And we've done both. <laughs> yes, I've been learning Cajun. <laughs> And I've been learning discipline. <laughs> Today we watched, just just moments ago, Daniel and I finished watching 1986's The Boy in Blue, starring Nicolas Cage. It's a Canadian sports biographic drama, <laughs> charting in a, a merciful 100 minutes. Yeah. He was very generous. The last couple we've done have clocked in around two hours, and although were enjoyable, it really, it really pushed my not patience but it pushed me a little little. i I feel like i was at the limit when you're doing that every day it becomes a lot so this was a nice bit of relief and to be honest coming into it i read the synopsis and i wasn't overly interested or overly excited but this is a an enjoyable film it was a conflicted movie yeah the last week we spent with our good friend nicholas he's been uh, a gracious host he's shown us all sorts of sides of his personality in this one he just kind of plays an annoying doofus. Oh. I, yeah. I can kind of see where you're coming from on that, but I was I was kind of into it. Again, it's that kind of... It, you can see a theme running in his films where he likes to seem to pick these roles that kind of speculate more on the class divide, where it's kind of him against the world, or that's how he sees it. He's this constant underdog. But there's there's moments of it where he is playing a character who's not really emotionally mature enough to be making a lot of the decisions that he does. For me, so this is based on a real man's true life story. 
And it felt like a lot of the time, Cage was slightly stumbling over his own feet with that. I think he loves the freedom to create yeah. his own character within this Cageiverse he has in his head. But when he's playing a character, I'd be very interested to know if the the man... What was the guy? Ned Hamble? Yes. Hamblin? Ned Hanlon. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if Ned Hamlin was on set for this, giving any any notes or any feedback. I, I know that you'd like to speculate that maybe Ned Hanlon was on set for this, but um, he did die almost 80 years prior <laughs> to the film being made. Um. <laughs> so I'm going to counter-speculate that... He was not there. And therefore, I guess you kind of have a, a little bit more... Does that make it is there more pressure when you're playing someone who's already passed? You don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to offend anyone. But who's who's going to know? At the same time, 80 years in the future, who's, you know, you can do what he wants. What's he going to do? Have a go at you? Tell you you did it wrong? Don't think so. <laughs> this was my least favourite time I've spent with Nicholas. Oh, no. And like, don't get me wrong, it wasn't dreadful. I didn't hate it. I didn't feel like I was forced from knowing the guy fairly well at this point. It was it was enjoyable to to watch what he was trying to do with the performance and with the character. I made a few notes all through this. Uh, I don't know how you would like to go around discussing this. I'd actually like to let you... I've got something for you to go straight in with here. Yes. Because I know it's going to come up just on the basis of the movie poster and everything like that and I figure we're talking about this enough that I feel this is going to become a segment if we're going to keep reviewing the bod of Nick Cage how do you feel about Lord of Four? (laughs) (laughs) I think (laughs) I think Lord of Four is a fantastic name for this segment and you can depict a better film to intro it we we were speculating on the first couple of films that we had never seen him with his top off in roles and he's done nothing but that since we've started the poster of this and i believe this is his first he is the star there's no co-star in this one top name in the credits and the poster is quite literally just him ripped working out and he's got his little blue bandana on looking like a kind of a posh rambo yeah he was really going for like a posh rocky in this i thought yeah there's montage at all we kind of joked around the idea of Sylvester Stallone um, potentially being in one of the previous films and how off-putting that would have been but all of a sudden you can start to see a little resemblance between the two from having been scorned not meeting Sylvester Stallone (laughs) in the Cotton Club he decided if I can't bring Sylvester to me I'll bring myself to Sylvester (laughs) in my mind and body yeah speaking of Lord of Four one of the notes I wrote down um it just says rips his shirt clean off his hot sweaty body and it's pretty sexy <laughs> just to clarify you wrote all of this sat next to your girlfriend who was watching something else yeah i mean she's in the other room she's probably heard me say this um but you know listen i've got to speak my truth it was it was hot but on that same note i do think that maybe that wasn't intended to be hot i think that's just how nick cage undoes shirts because maybe a scene or two later he's getting intimate with his love interest of the movie and is starting to unbutton the front of her shirt clearly doesn't do a very good job and fumbles it so just rips the thing off it's like we said beforehand where all of a sudden like the 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 confidence and the bravado of the acting go out the window and then it's it's those valley girl moments where he falls through the window and things like that and him him not being able to eat an apple and him not being able to unbutton things it's just these (laughs) it becomes it it adds on to these uh nick cage lore that we're we're slowly learning about he comes so close to like effortlessly pulling it off but there's these little glimpses of just imperfection that come in but it humanizes him in my opinion you know yeah so what if you're a big shot gangster 
you might not be able to eat apples. So what if you're great at rowing and ripped and sexy? You might not be able to undo another person's shirt, you know? Speaking of which, again, still on Lord of Four. Yes. How are you feeling about the eye makeup use in this one? Because I feel like it's been more and more each film so far, and to the point where this one's got very prominent eyeliner throughout it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they really wanted those baby blues to pop. I, You know, he's the boy in blue. I think it's the best he's looked. Yeah, arguably. I think he looks great in this. He's kind of, he's trimmed the hair down to make it more kind of uh, 1800s. I guess this would be appropriate for the character. We're back to blonde as well, which I love. Yeah, I think he looks fantastic in this. Yeah, it's yeah. you're right. This is probably the most for I felt looking at the guy. <laughs> Um, since since day one, oh, you know, it's been a week, and he's just he's like a fine wine. I feel like that segment's gonna become very unfunny quite soon, and we'll go back to just talking about his bod without actually introducing it. But I thought you'd I thought you'd appreciate the pun this time around. Uh, yeah, no, I adored it. You've done excellent work as always. <laughs> Terrific stuff. Um, this was an interesting film for him to pick up. So what I noticed browsing through the IMDb listings of his his films, nineteen eighty four was an extremely busy year for our friend nicholas he had three films three big films three huge films he really established his career really got the ball rolling however this film didn't come out until 1986 what's up with that gap year i imagine this is when he starts getting money and uh, starts the frivolous spending on rare animals and you know because i mean we were saying about how the was it the cotton club that had a huge spending yes he must have been paid well for it i would imagine so i reckon uncle francis came through and i feel like that would have been after that and having done three big films that year he suddenly went i haven't stopped for a moment to spend all this money i wanted to speculate with you what he did for that year i think that's the year where he uh he starts watching animals have sex and decides which ones he thinks he wants to eat (laughs) (laughs) he's got the money now to hire them in specifically for the job so i mean if you could you would well there you are he starts having these late night uh visits to the zoo trying to learn more about what he thinks could be a tasty treat (laughs) (laughs) that gap year he's had though well earned I think might have done more harm than good, in all honesty. I actually did make a note of this. I think this is, as much as it's the best he's looked, his worst acting. He's lost his chops in that gap, yeah. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like it's bad. There's a couple of really great moments. There's um, the scene where he, arrive home, he arrives back to his hometown um, after being disqualified from a race and he gets banned from rowing championships and he comes back and he's distraught and all of the his local town folk have all come out to kind of cheer him on and they sing for him and he stands there and cries oh are you kidding me oh i felt so uncomfortable watching that yeah well you can kind of tell that there's a lot to do with the direction there and the fact that he clearly wasn't allowed it was it the shot was very much of his face mm. and only of his face it was very much a close-up so you can kind of tell in there that he was almost told like you know don't don't put hand to face or anything like that and the shots are very long on his face so it's it's it is uncomfortable but i feel like it's almost supposed to be i thought he did very well in that scene i genuinely cringed but i don't necessarily think it was acted badly i think the rest of the film was subpar based on what he's already shown us from his first week going off the back of this going crazy on his gap year theory the most convincing scene he put forward in this one in my opinion was his hungover scene i i really believed that i've really felt it i mean we know that this is uh sometimes method man you know i think it'd be very fair to speculate that he was hungover for it but he looked like he'd had a lot of practice in the last year (laughs) of being hungover well, again, we've spoken a lot about the, the lengths that he'll go to to get into the character in this. And it's very strange considering how method he's been prior 
boat. Now he gets his leading role, and he hasn't even learned how to row a boat. I found this infinitely frustrating that he couldn't run and if any of you can tell that a lot of them the shots where it's him on his own have been sped up afterwards and he's just focusing on form absolutely fair enough but when he's actually racing someone else so he has to be kind of at speed it's awful it's you you can't watch it with any sincerity maybe 20 of the 100 minutes are of him rowing yeah and i didn't buy it at at any point, really. Yeah, it, it's an uncomfortable watch. And I'm not trying to say that I could do better. I, I don't know, mate. But I'd try. I'd try if I was getting paid, if that was my only job. If I hadn't worked in a year and a half, Nick, <laughs> maybe I'd learn how to row a fucking boat, pal. In saying that, I would like to throw in the question, what were you thinking? <laughs> what was Nicolas Cage thinking taking this role? I mean, maybe he always wanted to learn how to row. And this was just uh, an unfortunate timing and that he took it on the basis that this is the perfect opportunity for me to finally learn how to row a boat. Unfortunately, just not quick enough. I think that this was probably him getting his first opportunity, his first look at a completely as him as the lead role, poster boy, everything that come along with it. He'd been away for a little while. Yeah, I mean, you can see why he'd take it. But I feel like after those, maybe he was waiting for the right role and it just never came. And then he kind of had to settle because this is an odd choice. for Well, him. at this point, I think he's developed a spending habit. And I think he probably on this one year bender he went on, spent a lot of the money. So he needed to recoup. He needed to get back in shape. He thought, if I can have a role that forces me to exercise as part of it fantastic i mean overall looking at the reviews for this the the reviews range from average subpar to quite harsh there's not many positives to take away from this yes this film did not do well it cost around 7.7 million canadian dollars to make not sure how that tots up to you that's like what two 200 pounds yeah about 235 (laughs) english pounds i think this film grossed under twenty thousand dollars us in its opening weekend well to be honest he's i don't feel like he's he's still enough of a draw mm. maybe in a film that's more his own kind of niche but to bring him in as a, a kind of historic sports documentary drama what is this film it this film had no idea what it was was this played for laughs was this historical drama I have no idea. It left me feeling I felt as lost at sea as Nick Cage looked on that tiny little boat. Oh, incredible. I like what you've done here. I mean, it wasn't on the sea, but, you know, we'll take it. (laughs) We'll take it. We'll roll with that. In fact, there's a scene at the beginning which is actually set on the sea. And the opening scene is is bonkers. It's... It starts off quite moody, and it's a race between Nick Cage versus American Werewolf in London, the guy that would later go on to become his manager, to which the guy... Did you notice in, in that bit where he complains that the guy's crashed into him, and then he like falls off the boat? And he shouts, that's not fair, you bloody bugger. Oh, there's a lot of buggers in this. There's a lot. I've, I've made a note of that. But coming back to that in a second, I was watching this, and I couldn't understand how that was anyone but Nick Cage's fault. Absolutely. He, he turned his boat into the exact path that the other guy was rowing, <laughs> stopped, and just stared at the boat coming towards him. Got crashed into, called the guy a bloody bugger, then he j- leaps out of the boat into the water, then gets back into his boat, and then the race resumes with a different piece of music. It was such a confusing opening scene, not just for the drama on the action happening on screen, but just the editing of it. The There's like two or three different pieces of music that happen throughout 
so so confusing the film was so confusing and very very self-congratulatory i felt yeah I th- the scene maybe half an hour in where they're throwing him a parade felt really undeserved to me but you just know our man was loving that i'm back i'm acting i'm in front of the camera all these people love me yeah it's it's, it's a very strange film it's just I, I mean you can see why you take it if there's nothing else going it's his first real leading role where he's not a co-main he's not a co-star to anyone this is nick cage unfortunately and i honestly i don't think a lot of it's to do with the acting i feel like there is a lot of lazy moments in there but i feel like the direction of this and the way it's shot really lets it down i feel like maybe if there was more going on there it feels like nick just isn't bothered and I mean, if that's, uh, I don't think that, that starts and ends with him. Yeah, he, he did what he could with, I mean, for him at this point, this may have been a pivotal moment where he realised, oh, I'm above this. Yeah, but I, I the thing is, I don't necessarily think that, that, I mean, the script and everything that's there, this could have been a really great film. There's no, there's no reason it couldn't have been. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about I, that. I found it surprisingly gripping for a film that I'm really not that bothered about. Gripping is not one of the words I would use. <laughs> I was just... I just didn't know if I was meant to feel gripped by it. None of the performances gave me any clue to if that's how I was meant to feel. One of the notes I wrote down is just, what is up with the pacing of this film? Yeah, it's I get way they're, off. They're looking at a, a man's life and career, but like, could have been handed way better. But anyway, listen, I'm not here to slag off the film. But this is how I this is how I feel about this. I'm gonna be nice to nikki right now yeah okay yeah let's be nice to nikki because i'm 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 throwing some rain on the parade and I, I don't mean to it's not fair to do so making a film is very very difficult i'm very very aware of that but uh it just wasn't very good let's be nice to nikki <laughs> well I'm, I'm gonna kind of turn this one on its head and say that i admittedly don't think this is a great film I thought it was fine for what it was. I don't think that Nick's to blame. I think that there's maybe a way that you could edit this that would be far more in the favour of the film. I just feel like maybe there's a budget restriction. Maybe someone's just not got the knowledge or the the experience in what they're doing here with the edit and the direction. I feel like there's a lot of mistakes, but I don't necessarily think they all fall in on, on, onto Nick's lap here. I think that he's become a scapegoat here for you, Ben. And I feel like not only are you not being nice to Nicky, I feel like you're being quite mean. Okay, listen, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to take this moment specifically to be to be nice to Nicky because listen, I was being mean. Maybe it's not all his fault, but uh, I've just come to expect expect better of my friend. You know, I want what's best for him, and this wasn't what's best for him. This granted was essentially nick cage softcore porn with all those slow motion shots of his rippling muscles soaking wet and so maybe that was good for him in a different way but uh it's just not i didn't have the chops didn't have the beats that i've come to expect there's none of those exaggerated moments there's no real payoff in this film at all even when he finally wins the race it's just kind of over and then you kind of but then maybe it's based on realism because who in their right mind would be excited about rowing Mm, yeah (laughs) this is what you have to remember maybe he acted it perfectly because everyone in that world is boring yeah yeah that's exactly (laughs) it it's actually nailing it to an utter dime because he knows full well how boring all the people involved in the rowing world are so i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that i think that's why he took this role he thought you know it's an expose i think i can expose the rowing world for the boring place it is as a bunch of fucking nerds get them <laughs> yeah light them up nicky <laughs> take no prisoners I'm your champion. I I go on to win 200 races in a row, and guess what? I've got no charisma. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the rest of you. 
and I'm the most charismatic one of you yeah. and I have zero. I'm the lead and I'm, I'm acting as the lead and I'm even, even as an actor, I can't be bothered. That's how much your world means to the rest of us. Okay, l- let's be nice to Nicky. Would you like to go first? Have I not already been nice to Nicky? I believe that he's become a scapegoat in this. I honestly think that his acting isn't as bad as the film. <laughs> okay, so you'd like to be nice to him by saying you are better than this film. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a reasonable comment. Yeah, I know. Uh, I would like to be nice to Nicky. There's a scene where he gets punched in the face. Um, in fact, all, all the I'd be really interested to know if he did his own stunts because there's quite a lot of physical stuff on his part. Well, like, we know, unfortunately, he did his own rowing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd imagine he insisted. But there's a, a scene where, at the beginning, he's caught fornicating out of wedlock with a young lady and the police are coming in to get him. And he just runs out the first floor window and into the water below. If, if he did that, someone did that, and it was a really cool stunt. I really enjoyed that. So if that was him, that's what I'd like to say. Great job. However, if he didn't do that, there's a few other bits. Like, he gets slapped in the face, and it looks like a very genuine hard slap that I feel like something happened when the cameras weren't rolling that he might have he might have methoded his, his way into getting that very sturdy slap from his love interest. So I'd uh, just like to say he takes a slap and later a punch extremely well yeah and uh, they were quite believable you're completely believable and to be honest with the character he plays completely deserved there was the and i guess this is one of my last thoughts for it but knowing a lot of the characters that young nicholas has played over the past week and knowing the weird way they sometimes act around women the scene where he first spies his love interest and this is a no exaggeration whatsoever i felt like my stomach drop yeah i suddenly felt like she has no idea the storm that is coming to get her and yeah i I genuinely felt a sense of dread for her uh which i've not experienced before Uh, did you have anything similar uh yeah there's that moment you just kind of know oh he's about to be weird isn't he Mm. He's, he's oh oh no about two lines of dialogue into first meeting her he tells her that he looks better with his clothes off and like (laughs) He just comes on so unnecessarily hard. But then, to be fair, she plays up to it as well. There's that moment where um, she's leading him on and they get into the rowing boat and she's got, is it her aunt with her? And she has the kiss fake out. And as he goes in, she just wakes up her aunt. That was very funny. That was very good. Oh, yes. One of my favourite one of my favorite bits of cage acting in the entire movie was there. Where yeah. I feel like in this gap year, he didn't do a lot. I feel like he went abroad uh, to party. So he couldn't, like, we know latterly cage doesn't like uh using his vocals to interact with people what was the expression he used like communicating with languages beneath him it was something along those lines i don't have the exact quote to hand but it was was very cage the way it was worded so i feel like he learned in his gap year to communicate a lot better non-verbally to people and one of my favorite bits in it he's out on a, a boat ride with his love interest and her aunt who she's brought along as a chaperone and she says something along the lines of what would we be doing different without my aunt here uh, to which he replies by just looking her in the eyes and just quickly raising his eyebrows. Oh, yeah. And he, he's basically learned to say having intercourse without saying a word. He managed to say three words without saying one. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, it was, I thought it was really good. I completely knew what he was saying and he didn't say a word and I thought that was good acting, Nicholas. Yeah. 
And let's let's move on from there because I feel like this is appropriate when we're talking about his creepy acting around women. Okay, God. I've got a cage fact for you. Oh, cage fact! That was a lot of them this time. Yeah, I think they're growing. Hit me with it. So this one brings us to 2011. All right. Where we've had bystanders who have witnessed a very drunk Nick Cage in some sort of altercation or argument He's grabbed his wife by the arm. This is in New Orleans in the French Quarter. The police arrest him. Oh. He, he gets out Yeah. on the basis that someone posts the 11,000, I'm assuming, Canadian dollar bail. Whoa. Can you guess who would have posted that bail for him? Oh, wow. Okay, that's where the story's going. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, who would post Nick Cage's bail for essentially assaulting his wife? When was this? Oh, 2011. This is 2011. Um, James Franco. That's right. It was Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) 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 Fucking, of course it was Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's got nothing else going on in then. That is insane. I mean, so obviously... Well, I don't understand. It's literally the opposite of his job. Oh, my God. Yeah, He's supposed to be bringing them in, not getting them out. Maybe that's it, you know. Man (laughs) is the greatest hunt of all. (laughs) Well, The deadliest prey. It is put afterwards that the charges against Cage were later completely dropped. Okay, wow. That so how do how do they know each other? They're close enough that he got his one phone call. I like to think that that's how they met. Oh my god, <laughs> it was a power play from Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog's like, I want to be friends with the National Treasure guy. If he if he's good enough to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> I want to be pals. So he just he must have like a line in there, and someone goes, Dog, you're not going to believe who we've just brought in. It's Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, leave him there. Leave him there. <laughs> How much? I'll pay any amount. 11k. You got it, brother. I'll pay any amount to keep Ghost Rider in jail. God, that's. I can just picture that scene of Cage sitting in a holding cell looking miserable. The cop coming, unlocking it and saying, you're free to go. And he walks outside, confused. The sunlight hits his eyes as he squints <laughs> and looks around just to hear a... In the distance to see Dog the Bounty Hunter astride a motorcycle with a sidecar. And he just says get in <laughs> man that is fantastic I, th- I thought you'd enjoy that one i loved that that was so funny what a, what a twist <laughs> okay that about wraps it up i think yeah i'm i'm done with this film now yeah this is a film that i feel like can i also add this film was incredibly hard to track down on the internet yeah I feel like they didn't want people to remember this movie. Well, thankfully, he's been busy again, and we're getting two films out of him from this year in 1986. Well. So we're going to be moving on tomorrow to the 1986 film Peggy Sue Got Married. So I don't know anything about Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, well, I'm about to blow your mind here because we're talking one hour, 43 minutes of PG-13 <laughs> comedy, drama, and fantasy by Francis Ford Capella again. What? What? <laughs> yep. Okay, Nick, I see you. I fucking see you. It looks like he's got some sort of co-main role here with Kathleen Turner. So I think this is going to be an enjoyable watch. I'm very excited to see Francis Ford turn his hand into the comedy and fantasy world. Yes, absolutely. I, I wouldn't have guessed that in quite a long time. No, it's it's very much the kind of... Uh, it stands out on the page that he's written there as director. Nick, I can't... Such a snake. Just riding those coattails. I think he's still trying to make his money back <laughs> from that. Maybe this is Francis Osnick one after getting him that job as the director of Cotton Club. 
they're trading back and forth at this point. I'm interested to see how many more times they work together. I thought we were done after Rumblefish. I didn't realise there was the Cotton Club, and now I didn't realise there was going to be a third. I'm not going to look any further into the future for this, because I do enjoy seeing it crop up on the day. Yes, I'm but, exactly the yeah, same. This is going to be tomorrow's film. Uh, yeah, I look forward to watching it with you. Yeah, me too, man. As always, Daniel, a pleasure to spend time with you. Oh, great. <laughs> Nicholas... <laughs> It's it's pretty much a pleasure to spend time with you. Less so today, but you know, no, you know what? That's unfair of me to say. Nicholas, always a pleasure to spend time with you. And as we say, every single day on Uncaged, all of them. Despite all my rage, I'm still hanging out with Nick Cage. Yeah.